0: I want you to think for just a moment about what Josh read there a few moments ago from Matthew and Jesus' explanation of how you should deal with other people. And I want you to kind of keep that in mind. I want you to take your Bibles out. You need them out tonight because we're going to go to about three different places. And I want you to have access to them in the process of doing so. But I want us to start in the Old Testament, and specifically in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. So I'll give you a second to get there, and I want us to think about, first of all, tonight our title on the screen says, Love Your Enemies. My title that I've sort of given it is, Acting Like Our Father." But I want us to look in Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9 to start with. Verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So let's keep that in mind for just a second. Especially the part where it says my ways are not your ways. Because I want you to think for just a minute. Have you ever Notice that almost every lesson, every example that is given by Jesus in the Bible, seems to sort of go against the way we would do things. You ever thought about that? Think back to what uh, Josh read there just a moment ago. If someone is to slap you on the cheek, our first answer is, hit them back. Maybe hit them twice. Okay? If somebody asks you to carry something for them, my first response is, I'd rather not. But that's, its a it pay you go one mile, go two. If someone asks for your tunic, I'm kind of cold myself, I'd like to keep this on. No, it says to give your cloak also. Point of that being is that our ways are not God's ways, and God's ways are not our ways, correct? We think about things in a very selfish manner. Is that fair to say? We live our life ultimately in a very selfish manner. Our main goal is almost always to do what we want to do. And I'm more guilty than anybody in this room of that. That's just kind of how we are. But what we're talking about tonight is acting like Our father. I want to think about the word acting for just a second. How many of you have people that you like to watch in movies or on television or something like that? You might say, Oh, he is a great actor. She's a great actress. He can play anything. You know, he might be an airline pilot in this movie, and the next movie he's a bank robber, and the movie after that he's a farmer. And he's like, it's it's hard to believe this is the same person. Well, they're acting, they're playing a role right there. Well, what I'm going to encourage us to do tonight is to act like our father, because it may not be natural for us to do this, but we have to strive to do this. Have you ever known somebody on the flip side of that who's an actor or an actress, and you said, they're the same person in every movie? They're they're never any different. It's always, and it may be good or it may be bad. It's like, it's the same. Mary was talking this morning about the movie Robin Hood from back in the early 90s. Kevin Costner was Robin Hood. And Mary said, oh, she loves it. She could watch it right then. All I can think of is Kevin Costner is a 13th century English bandit and he sounds like somebody who lives next door to you. That accent was terrible all the way around. It's like, I don't know that it had to be perfect, but it starts off heavily accented, and as the movie goes up, I'm about halfway done, he's like, I'm done with this. I'm just going to talk like somebody's from California. And well, that's what it was. His acting, the, the show is fine, but he sort of changes as he goes along the way. Well, we can kind of do that sometimes as well. We can kind of act like Christian, But after a while, I don't think I want to do it. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to be turning the other cheek, but now maybe I'm not going to. This is a a point that Jesus makes here in Matthew chapter 5. When he spoke about responding to evil, he lays down two principles. In verse 39, do not resist an evil person, but respond to evil by doing good. That's a challenge for us to respond to evil. By doing good. This is really difficult for us because if somebody treats us bad, odds are there's somebody that we probably didn't like too good in the first place. So I definitely don't like them now. Or it might be somebody who I thought I liked that person. They've treated me bad. I'm changing my opinion about them completely. And so it's easy for us to sort of fall into the trap of saying, respond to evil With evil, right? We're going to respond to that by being mean or bad to that person as well. But as we see with so many lessons in the scriptures, (coughs) the teachings of Jesus are almost polar opposite of what we would do. And that's what I want us to think about here this evening. First of all, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 5, where we were just a minute ago with Josh, but I want us to go a little bit further down. Matthew chapter 5, verses 43. Through forty-eight. Forty-three through forty-eight. Now Jesus had said in verses thirty-eight to forty-two, go on a second mile, helping others, whatever it might be. My Bible titles verse forty-three as Love Your Enemies. So follow along with me right here. This is still Jesus talking midway through the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 43. You have heard it, you have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his Son rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, I want us to think about those words here this evening. I want to think about where it says here, you have heard that it was said. Jesus said in verse 33, you have heard that it was said, and he goes on to say, to hate your enemy. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. The law, though, didn't say that at all. There's nothing where it says that. It did teach in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18 to love your neighbor as yourself. That sounds a whole lot like Jesus teaching but that's in the Old Testament in Leviticus. (coughs) It also taught kindness was to be shown to your enemy. In Exodus chapter 23, again we're Old Testament, it's about as old as it can get if we're in Exodus. Exodus 23 verses 4 and 5 says, if you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. If you see the dog here, one who hates you, lying under its burden, and you would refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him with it. So that's a practical example of something going wrong. The person that you don't like, their animal has gotten loose or it's broken down or it fell on them. Your responsibility is to try to bring that animal back or to help. That's an Old Testament book of Exodus law for people to pay attention to Proverbs 25, verses 21 and 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so he will heat coals of fire on his head, the Lord shall reward you. So I just want to give you a couple of verses there from the Old Testament that seems to say what Jesus was saying. Jesus is saying at the beginning, you've heard it said to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But the traditional interpretation here had misapplied the law. We sort of infer if you love your neighbor, then you hate your enemy. See, we're binary thinkers, right? We think about everything in sort of the on switch or the off switch, right? If this is white, then the opposite of it is black, right? That's kind of how we think of things like that. If it's white, then it's black. Or maybe if we think if this is good, then the opposite of this is bad. Good, bad. Now, we all do this, and we do this in almost every single thing, that happens. If our neighbor treated you well, then the opposite would be treated as poorly. The reality of life is more of a continuum than a binary, right? You know, I can go home, I can put the light switch on, or I can flip the light switch off. But did anybody have a light at home that you can move it up just a little bit? It goes from like off to on, but it, if it's from zero to ten, I can turn it up to about five, where it's not super dark, but not totally light either. Well the reality is life is sort of like that. That's not hardly the world that we live in. Okay, if you say in our world today, if you say I voted one way, then somebody says, Well, then you didn't vote the other way, right? Or if you say I went one place, well, you didn't do this. We we fall into these sort of binary lines of thinking really quick. Well, this is what Jesus was saying right here. This whole idea, you heard it say, Well, you love your neighbor, then hate your enemy, but there's no evidence of that. Jesus is saying that that's an entirely incorrect approach and we fall into that pretty quickly right I love my neighbor and I hate my enemy let's go a little further how do I love my enemies because if there is an enemy there Jesus seems to say here that there will be enemies all of us have people that we like better than others only human nature right you can probably list people that you think the world of that might be a term they didn't use then but we use now right but you can also think about people that yeah, they're fine, you know, they're a good co-worker, they do the job, they don't bother me, and then there's this other group of people that, man, I don't like this person at all. We love them as an enemy. So how do we then love those quote-unquote enemies? We've got a few things right here, maybe five or four or five here on the screen. First of all, Jesus says, and this is all taken from Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says that we are to love our enemies. Not hate, right? So we need to show active goodwill toward them, right? Active goodwill. Think about that for a second. If somebody that I dislike, or somebody that I have this negative relationship with, or somebody that I have seemingly constant conflict with, I need to love them, says Jesus. But I need to have what we read here, what this idea, an active goodwill toward them. I need to try and help. Them or be kind to them. Let to look at some quotes about that here in just a few moments. But that's the first. Second, we need to bless those who curse us. So they may speak evil of us. But what we just read there a moment ago, what Josh read just a moment ago, is when they speak evil for us, our first inclination is to do what? Speak evil back to them. But Jesus says here, we need to bless those. That curse us. So they're going to speak negative of us. And what I need to do is to say something positive or kind or something along those lines about them. We're to speak kindly of them. Number three, do good to those who hate us. Now think about that for a second. I don't know if you have anybody who hates you or not. I hope not. I don't know if you do or not. I don't know if I do or not. Sometimes we don't. We're oblivious to this kind of thing. But there may be somebody somewhere who does not like you. There may be somebody who actively hates you. if We want to use that term right there. But I want to do good to those who hate us. They may ignore us. They may do evil things to us. But we're still to treat them kindly. Now, it can be difficult, right? Somebody that treats us poorly, I have to turn around and treat them kindly. That can be a challenge. Fourth, pray for those who spitefully use us and persecute us. Now, I want to talk for just a minute about four and about. Pray for those who what we read right there who spitefully use and persecute us. We are to pray for them, not about them. Does that make sense? Sometimes we don't think about that. Sometimes when we're praying, we're praying, like, man, be nice to make can you make can you just make Wilma better, good girl? She's awful. You know, we we fall into that line of prayer, right? You know, like she has been mean to me and mean to me and mean to me. Can she that's, that's praying about somebody, right? We're praying for somebody. It's a little bit different in how we approach it. I would pray that maybe my relationship with whomever that person could be better. I could be a better contact to that person, which might help them in their relationship with me. And instead of just sort of making this list of here's a bunch of bad people, boy, it'd be nice if they'd be good on my terms. Usually it's what I want that for right there. Well, we need to pray for and not just about. That person. Pray for their well being. Pray for their salvation, whatever it might be. This all just expands on verses 38 through 42 there in Matthew chapter 5 on how to love our enemies. Don't seek vengeance. Don't resist an evil person. But instead react by manifesting love when they expect it. Hey, let's think about that for a second. Have you ever been in an experience where you were nervous to tell somebody something? And when you told that person something, they responded totally opposite of what you thought. You thought, I'm going to get, you know, if I'm bad, I'm going to get whipped or, you know, I'm going to get fussed at. It. And they're like, I'm so glad this is so good. You're like, I can't believe they responded. That it almost knocks you down, right? It It kind of shocks you right there. Well, that's how we need to be with the people that maybe are the opposite. What Josh read there a minute ago, if you get slapped in the face and then you turn the other cheek, that seems like an unexpected response to the person you're responding to. Well, likewise, if somebody dislikes you and they say something mean or negative or hateful to you and you respond in a polite or kind or pleasant way, that's going to set them back just a little bit. It's going to kind of take them off their guard just a little bit. So that's a how, but maybe more important is why. What are some reasons... To love our image. Well, first of all, I've got two that I want to look at. First of all, to act as Jesus taught. Let's see that word act again there, right? We think about an actor, they're playing a role. Well, as a Christian, we play a role. And until we can sort of get that into us completely to where that really is us, sometimes we have to practice at that, correct? There are some teachings in Christianity that are easy for one of us to follow, but might be hard for someone else. So what I have to do is I have to prepare myself. I have to actively work toward being better at something. You probably all have something like that in Christianity that it might be easy for me to deal with, but it might be hard for you. Kevin Costner in the movie uh, Robin Hood, the Halfway through, said, I can't do this anymore, I'm not going to do it. But we have to continue with it as well. So let's think about that. Act like Jesus taught. First of all, Jesus said in Matthew five verse forty five that we would be sons of your father in heaven. Think about that for just a second. Sons, S O N S. How many sons that our father in heaven have? One, right? Jesus, his father in heaven. But Jesus says that we would be sons of your father in heaven. We're to demonstrate ourselves truly be, we are to be as much like his child as humanly possible. Now, that's difficult, but as possible or as humanly possible as we can. I know it says sons there, but you can sub in daughters and it works just the same right there. But we are to act as Jesus would have that. What is our father like? Well, Jesus outlines that in what we read just a moment ago. He gives material blessings, both the evil and the good, the righteous and the unrighteous. We know this, right? We know people that have dark doors in the church that are seemingly to us, that are awful people, and they get everything. Everything that can work out, works out good for them. And we know people that are the faithfulest Christians ever and just one thing after another happens bad to them, right? You know those kinds of situations. But Jesus said that our Father gives blessings both to the evil and to the good. Luke 6 and 35 says he's kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Romans chapter 5 tells us that he offered his son while yet we were still sinners. We've got to be careful here because we've got to start saying, well, these people over here are bad and they're getting everything. He gave his son for us while yet, Romans 5 said, we were still sinners as well. So we weren't, We ain't too high up here on the good list uh, as well. 1 uh, John 4 and 10 said he loved us before we him. So that's one reason to act as Jesus taught. Number two reasons to love your enemies is to overcome evil. Now we talked a little bit about some of that this morning, but we'll hit on it again right here. Romans 12, 20 and 21 repeats what we saw earlier from the book of Proverbs. We're to feed a hungry enemy, We're to give a drink to a thirsty enemy. We don't be overcome by evil, but instead it says that we overcome evil evil with good. There's a difference there, right? And we easily can become be overcome by evil, but we have to work toward overcoming evil with good. I have three quotes that are attributed to these people. I'm assuming that they're correct, but I, you never know with a quote. But there's three things. I want you to just think about the basics of this quote. These are not scriptural, but the first is George Washington Carver, who was a scientist, did a lot of work with peanuts, African-American from uh, Alabama, I believe it was, at Tuskegee. He said, I will never let another man ruin my life by making me hate him. Think about that for a second. Ruin my life by making me hate him. He's gonna act awful, and I'm just gonna get down there and act awful with him, and I'm gonna be mad about it and threatened about it. I'm only hurting myself there, right? I'm only bothering myself. Abraham Lincoln, you probably do know, he said, or at least the quote attributed to him says, am I not destroying my enemies? When I make friends of them. Think about that for a second. They may not necessarily be fixing all the problems, but if you want an enemy to stay an enemy, keep being an enemy toward them. It ain't ever going to get fixed the way you want it. Martin Luther King Jr., a quote attributed to him Love is the only force capable of transforming the enemy into a friend. Now, you got to show that sort of love to them. Now, these are famous people that made famous quotes that may or may not be accurate in their attribution, but all three of them give an example of us not acting like the other person. And if we're not careful, we get into acting like that other person. Acting, though, was the title that we had tonight. We're not to act like her or him or her or him. Who would act like? Would act like Christ, right? We're to model ourselves after Christ. And not only that, we have spoken words by Jesus that give us the examples of how we are to act like Jesus. Last one. Last one. Jesus says in Matthew chapter five and verse forty eight, therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. What's the word perfect mean? We well, can use it to describe a lot of different things, right? You can describe a person that you know and love as being perfect. And the reality is that they're not perfect, but we use that term. But the word perfect here, what Jesus means here, is complete. It's full grown. It's lacking nothing. When we display love and mercy toward our enemies, then we are perfect. No, we're not perfect in the sense that Jesus was perfect because somebody else is. But we are complete. We are acting as the way God would want us to act. We are full grown. We are not being immature by just getting right down on their level and bickering back with them. But we are perfect. We are complete. We are full grown. We are lacking in nothing. Just like Jesus. Just like God. If we really want to be children of our Father, which is in heaven, it's important that we be influenced, not by those around us, but influenced by God And Jesus and those in heaven. That should be our model for us. Turn to Titus chapter 3. This is what we're going to finish with. Titus chapter 3 verses 3 through 7. We're talking tonight about acting like God. We're loving our enemies. We're overcoming this sort of desire that we have to want to get back at or to argue with or to knock down or whatever it might be. This is Titus chapter 3 Verses three through seven. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Now we can stop right there because if we're not careful, we can fall into all of those categories. Verse four. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Verse 3 can be us very easily if we're not careful. But the good thing is, is that we have an example. We have a model. We have something that allows us to build ourselves out. If we stop reading at verse 3, that describes a whole lot of us in here all the time if we're not careful. But verse 4, that grace, the title of the section there is Heirs to Grace. That grace extended by God, sending his son Jesus not only to save us, but also to set an example for us so that when he was gone, we have a model to build ourselves off of as well. Love our enemies, acting like Jesus. It may seem like acting at a time. But after we act and act and act enough, it sort of becomes second nature. It sort of becomes habit. It sort of becomes who we are. We'll never be perfect, but because of God and because of Jesus and his willingness to go to the cross, we can be regenerated and we can have an opportunity to go to heaven when this life is over. So I'd encourage you and invite you to take this, apply it, do the best you can. We're not going to be perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect, and I'll be worse than you. But however we can do it, whatever we can do it, I'd encourage you to try and apply that to those enemies that you may come in contact with as the week goes along. If there's anything that we can do for it, any way that we can help you, we invite you to come while we're standing.